This is a Clearview podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Carpe Mignano, the show where we talk about how to capture tomorrow today. Thank you so much for tuning in, those of you who are listening on the radio, those of you who are subscribed to your favorite podcasting platform. We really appreciate you guys joining the conversation. And while you're there, make sure you leave us a rating and a review. It helps us to stay visible and helps you to stay connected with all of our future content. We want to start this episode off the same way we do every single week. Maybe we have some new listeners joining us for the very first time. We want you guys to get to know us and what we do here at Clearview. So to my right is... I'm Abaddon Shaw, and I'm in charge of preaching and leadership here at Clearview. And to my right... I am Kelsey McKeel, and I am in charge of kids' ministry and theater here at Clearview. And to my right? My name is Rebecca Shaw, and I'm in charge of administration and kids' ministry here at Clearview. And to my right? I'm John Galantis. I'm in charge of worship and media here at Clearview. And to my right? My name is David Williamson. I'm in charge of student worship and technology here at Clearview. And to my right? And I'm Ryan Hill, and I'm in charge of congregational care and student ministry here at Clearview Church. And guys, we want to talk about today this this concept of pivoting hmm. and i feel like you know at the beginning we may just need to go ahead and get this joke out of our system i don't understand it's a you... very famous reference to this word pivot oh you mean you, uh, wait, uh, would it go something like uh pivot, pivot! pivot! that's, that's oh, not the correct gosh. vowels that are in that word pivot. Pivot. we have to say it now so that we won't be tempted later exactly right. Pastor right, right. talking about you know pivoting and, and leadership I, I don't want someone to be like pivot but what we're talking about today is not pivoting a couch as you're moving it up a set of stairs <laughs> right. or even pivoting on the basketball court. What we're talking about is pivoting as a leader, mm. you know, not compromising who you are, not compromising your beliefs, but being able to adjust, being able to navigate a changing culture, a changing climate, and not only navigate it, but to succeed and to, and to thrive in that environment. Um, so Dr. Shaw, would you kick us off and just kind of let us know where this concept comes from and what led you to, to this topic? Well, I've learned this from John Maxwell. You know, years ago he would talk about this, uh, and then he gave it a name, pivoting, pivoting as a leader. Mm. And what that really means is that life uh, will throw you a curveball. And for you to just stand there and go, well, I didn't anticipate this, and and get hit mm-hmm. or, you know, strike out. But good leaders know that life is going to be full of surprises, one of the catchwords of 2020 was uh, uh, unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Now think about that word, unprecedented. Life is unprecedented. That's right. Not mm-hmm. just 2020 or 2021. Everything has always been unprecedented, unless you read history books and you go, "Oh yeah, this happened," you know, a hundred years before I was born. But other than that, everything you face in life is new, mm. yeah, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm yeah. talking about major mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. You have to learn to adjust. You have to learn to reconfigure, and that's what good leaders do. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like unprecedented was a was an excuse for either bad behavior or harmful thinking. Like, hey, you're really, you know, you're not looking good out of 2020. It's like, oh, well, this was unprecedented. You know what I mean? I have nothing else to do, so yeah, it's I've almost like a cop like out. Like, yeah. right. like I, I did this, but it's okay because. Everything was unprecedented. I was caught off guard. Like yeah. an right. excuse for a decision that didn't play out the way you wanted it to. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because if this hadn't been, you know, if, if it had played out, then the tw- unprecedentedness of 2020 wouldn't have really mattered. But because we've, quote unquote, never seen anything like this before, never experienced anything like this before, my behavior or my thinking or my destructiveness is totally justified. Mm-hmm. Right. Can you give some examples, Dr. Shaw, of, of what pivoting in leadership might look like? 
what how like what is the situation where that might call for a leader to pivot and what are some responses that would be pivoting in leadership well if you're a leader people are looking to you mm-hmm. they're looking to you for uh, consistency they're looking f- to you for hope they're looking for, to you for some kind of direction and if you when crisis hits if you just sit back and go guys we're in the same boat um, just know that y- you have lost you may have a position, but you're no longer the leader, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because uh, and that that may sound great. Hey guys, we're all in the, in this together, but that's not enough. Mm-hmm. Good leaders know we're all in this together, but now do I shift on my left foot or my right foot? Mm-hmm. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and that's part of uh, leadership, and your vision. And your goal and your values may not change, but you have to constantly shift to face the new challenge, the new bend mm-hmm. in yeah. your journey. Mm-hmm. Now, I've never actually heard of this concept before until, you know, talking about it with you. But when you actually explain it about what pivoting is, how people pivot, would you consider examples like Daniel or Nehemiah, like they knew how to pivot? Oh, my. Yes. I mean, think about Daniel. Uh, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they were uh, boys from Jerusalem, from prominent families. They were educated. They were accomplished. They were talented. Uh, they were good-looking. I mean, they were set for success. Next thing you know, this Babylonian king comes in, you know, as God had warned the people, because he was sent by God, and uh, Jerusalem is destroyed. Temple is destroyed. The, and the people are taken into exile, especially uh, the the cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. And that's what da- Daniel and all these guys were. Yeah. And so here now they're being dragged towards Babylon, 700 miles away or something like that, not knowing where they're going. But when they get there, they could have been, you know, just like the rest of the Jewish people or the people of Jerusalem in Babylon, you know, we don't want to do anything. We don't want to eat. We don't want to drink. We don't want to sing. We just have hung our harps on the willow trees, and we're going to sit here and cry mm-hmm. by the rivers of Babylon. Yeah. Not these guys. Yeah. They began to distinguish themselves. They began to rise, you know, above the rest. And they were chosen to sit at the king's table mm-hmm. and eat um, from the king's banqueting table. Of course, they said no, and they asked permission, and they said, what if we do our own thing, but if we look pale or sickly or something like that, then of course we'll go back and do what you're saying, but if not, let us do our thing, and we promise you our God will take care of us, and we will serve you. Mm -hmm. We will give you our very best. You see what they did? They pivoted. Mm -hmm. Instead of crying and moping and, and, and feeling nostalgic about their past they said okay this is the new life mm-hmm. all right we're going to shine here but we're going to do it on our own terms so values were not compromised but they shifted in their posture i love that you bring that point up because that's what we've been doing this past couple of weeks is reassessing our values not redetermining what they are but how do we now in light of everything that's going on in the world how do we now carry out those values right we can't carry them out the same way that we've been trying to do um, but, you know, what can we do in this new world that we're about to go into to where these values still stand? Our core right. belief and our integrity still stands, right. but our, our procedure right. has to change. Right, mm. right. Mm. And, and that's, 
when you begin to pivot, mm-hmm. uh, it's like it's not like you do the same thing uh, uh, better. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's not like okay, you know, like we went to shutdown mode. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're gonna since we're shut down, we're gonna do live streaming better. Okay, yes, you can, but pivoting requires. What else can we do? Yeah. What are the people? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not just about well, this is what it is, guys. So let's just make the best most of it. No, what can we do? So you know, we we wrote songs, we mm-hmm. wrote books, we. We improved technology in a way that other churches were benefited as well from learning from us. Um, so a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I hate to be shameless, but if you want to pick up that song and those books, you can do so by clicking the links in the description of this podcast. Uh, honestly, because they were written as, as a part of pivoting. They were written mm-hmm. as a part of uh, getting the message out in these times. Yeah, right. that's, mm-hmm. that's one thing why I really appreciate what we do here is because not only, like you said, did we go to Facebook Live and it's like, okay, we're going to make this as good as we can. We did that. But also in that pivot, we were like, the main thing that we want to communicate here is being here at church is essential. So we're that's gonna, a value. Yeah. So that's we're going to give you this opportunity to come on campus in your cars. You know, we're going to have these services and we're also going to write these songs. And we're, we're giving you every opportunity to still do this. It looks different, but it's the same value. Mm-hmm. And think about Kindle. Kindle was the the more than just coming and worshiping in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Kindle was the opportunity to go, you know, we always have served our community. We always have done things to help the underprivileged, you know, in our in our neighborhoods. But in 2020, mm-hmm. Kindle was our most active mm-hmm. ministry. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And that's our fourth core value is that we value lost and unchurched people. Right. And so for us to do that, you know, for us to continue in a different way to get around the roadblocks that were set before us. Right. You know that that value was still honored. That's. Exactly. I mean, it's also still our first value. We're a loving church. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what's yeah. more loving than being in the community, giving to people who might not be able to do that for themselves? Right. I'm trying to think of our four values, our four core values, um, and I think every single one of them in some capacity was met. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, we're a loving church. Mm-hmm. We're a Bible-believing church. We still found new creative ways to get the word out there, whether it was our books or our songs or our preaching. I mean, mm-hmm. the word was delivered hard mm. in 2020. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, our praise and worship, you know, we again, with the song and <laughs> yeah. the writing and all of our creative outlets that we went through, and then... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our, our, uh, of course our value for the lost in the unchurched through Kindle. I mean, every single value, not to pat ourselves on the back, but just that intentionality of still meeting those values in a way that is palatable for what's going on around you. Yeah, we were a, pushed to have to meet all those core values absolutely. in just one year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. a great example of keeping the core values intact and remaining true to that aspect of your organization, but thinking about them in new and creative ways. How can we continue to be who we are, but adjust the way we're living that out to fit our context to fit the world around us to fit what's going on in the world today. Mm-hmm. And I feel like like even before you get to pivoting, a lot of organizations just aren't clear on what their core values are. I know what we want to do. We want to reach the world, yes. But yeah. what are the but things who are that, we? Yeah, who are we? What do we do? And uh, have you ever found Dr. Shah just in like in talking to people that a lot of organizations maybe have trouble finding out what those core values are mm. so that when it comes time to pivot like I, I just truly don't know where to go. Right, right, and and number one, you got to discover those core values. Mm-hmm. So for our church, now this can apply to 
businesses and it, it can apply to institutions, nonprofits. So it doesn't have to be just for church. But for our church, the core values are four. Uh, we are a Bible-believing church. Mm-hmm. We are a loving church. We're a church that values praise and worship. Mm-hmm. And then we're a church that values unchurched lost people. Right. Okay, those are our four values. And that's they are front, front and center. They're in our lobby. They're everywhere. We talk about them in our introductory classes, Clearview mm-hmm. 101. We want people to know that. And then in moments of crisis... Pivoting requires not just standing in the front. You know, that's typical leadership, being in the front. Pivotal uh, leadership is when you come alongside people and help them find those values Mm -hmm. and then help them, you know, move forward in those values. Wow. So pivotal leadership is more than just out front, charting the course, shining the light. Pivotal leadership requires for you to help others Mm-hmm. find those values and then head towards the goal. I think that's another important part of pivoting as well. Like you said, it, not only in unprecedented times do we need to learn to pivot from this and that and how to change, but also as an organization or a business or a church grows, you need to learn how to pivot because I was reading a book and the the main guy, the leader, started out, I'm this guy, I'm up front, I'm leading the charge. As he grew, he's like, now I'm going to be kind of beside the people. And then as he got bigger, he's like, now I need to lead from up here, and I'm going to give these people the opportunity to lead like I used to, but I'm going to be the mind behind this. Mm. So you still have to pivot positions, even even if you might not be in a, like a crazy time. Right. When would you say is it time for leaders to start, to start thinking, it might be time to pivot in my organization. It might be time to adjust the way that we're doing things. What what would be a marker for leaders to look for? I mean, definitely crisis and um, also um, loss of direction. Mm-hmm. You know, there's confusion in the organization. You know, I mean, that's that's a good indication that your people are not seeing, um, uh, are not feeling which way to go. Mm-hmm. Right. They may see you, but they're not seeing exactly how how do we how do we navigate this big ditch or um, you know this this mountain that we're facing right now. How do we go around this? So, if you see people sort of confused, doubtful, wondering what's going on, then it's maybe it's time for the pivotal leadership. You know, I'm thinking about like the church specifically. And and I feel like and maybe maybe I'm wrong on this, but I feel like there's gonna be a tendency to confuse pivoting in your church with changing things up to be fresh. Right. Like like your new creative things like changing up how the worship slides look or maybe even uh, you know, getting new greeters in the lobby or whatever, that's not pivoting. That's that's right, just right. kind of switching things up. And I feel like with especially like if, if you're listening to this podcast and you're, you know, in the church setting and you're like, yes, there needs to be things different. Is that the way that I go about it? I mean, I, I feel like that's right. Not pivoting. No, nah, it's not pivoting. I mean, think about a basketball game. You know, uh-huh. you pivot in basketball. Right. You plant that one foot down and then you're able to kind of swivel, really mm-hmm. go one <laughs> side to the other side. You're not... <laughs> At that moment, trying to change jerseys yeah. and change uh, <laughs> <laughs> shoes and <laughs> fix know, my hair real quick, yeah. fix my hair <laughs> yeah. or, or you know, polish the basketball. I mean, none of that is happening. Yeah. What you're really doing is, like, who is around? What's going on? Who can mm-hmm. I pass to? Who is blocking me? Mm-hmm. Right. That's so. The questions are much deeper than just, yeah. hey guys, if we just fix the lobby up, you know. Mm-hmm. 
It sounds like you're, it sounds like in that moment to keep that analogy further, you're keeping that one foot planted on what's most important right? Mm -hmm. as you're looking around to see what can I change? What can I, what adjustments can I make so that way we can continue to move the ball further down the court? Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. You know, when I'm, when I'm thinking about pivoting as far as leadership goes, what's, I mean, 2020 obviously was a very easy topic to Mm -hmm. talk about, but is there, has there been points like in your leadership where you're like, okay, I've got to do something. I've got to pivot here. I've got to do something different. Right, of course. I mean, um, when 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 you see people confused, as mm-hmm. I mentioned a few moments ago, uh, when you see uh, lo- loss of morale mm-hmm. uh, among your people, your core people, that's when you have to go. Okay, I cannot sit back and go. Okay, it's all good. Yeah, you have to step in and assess the situation. Mm-hmm. And I, well, you may assess the situation and come back with, okay, there are some problems, not with the organization, but with the person. Mm. So now, how do you handle that person? What mm. do you do about that person? Yeah. Uh, can you can you now uh, um, reason with that person or show love to that person? Show some grace, some forgiveness. Do you need to tell the person, "Hey, look, um, all's well," but uh, seems like you're not happy, and and seems like this may not be a good fit for you. Mm. Mm. You know, so that that may also happen. Yeah. But we need to explore some other options first before you get to the place where you go, okay, in this pivoting, I, I don't see, you're playing a whole different game. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So I'm playing basketball. <laughs> you're bringing a hockey stick. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, you're picking up jacks. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're, you're throwing horseshoes yeah. on the court. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, you know, and while you're throwing that, I'm just like, trying to dodge you yeah. mm-hmm. when I'm trying to pass you the ball or trying to get to the hoop but you're throwing horseshoes at me. Yeah. It's not going to go well for either of us. No. Yeah, no. this is not working out. Yeah. yeah. You see? But but see see that that's what the person is playing the wrong game. Mm-hmm. Would you say there are like different it sounds kind of funny but different size pivots like this is a big or- organizational pivot. This is a personal pivot that we have to make just with one-on-one people or is it or is that even how that should be looked at? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you could look at that that way. Um, I haven't seen things quite that way, um, you know, as in big or small pivots. I have looked at them more in the sense of, okay, here's a crisis, here's a problem. How do we now refocus yeah. and still have the destination in mind? So, yeah, I mean, sometimes it could be big ones, sometimes small ones, but... I just looked at them as just pivots. Okay, makes sense. Has it ever, or have you ever, like, maybe have you ever felt this way or have you ever talked to anyone who, like, started your regret mid-pivot? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's, uh, if you don't have your values down, you know, yeah, then you're about to, what, what was that in basketball when they plant their foot down but then pick up their, oh, f- like oh, start traveling. Traveling. they got to start traveling. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. that's called traveling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a whistle yeah. that happens. And typically it's because uh, you lost sight of the values. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you have now created a new product. Yeah. You know, you're in business to make, let's say, baskets. But all of a sudden you've decided we're, we're into informational technology. Yeah. And your people are going, well, we make baskets. <laughs> oh, no, we're, we're, we're into IT stuff. Yeah. Wow. Well, that that pivot is not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not what should be happening. Way. That's not what should be happening. Yeah. I was thinking about are there times when 
we individually have had to have had to make some pivotal moves, have had to pivot in our respective ministries. And I was just thinking about, you know, where Illuminate was, our student ministry, where it was and, and where it is now, especially our, our Catalyst service on Sunday nights. You know, before it was just kind of, we'll meet together for Bible study and it was, we're going to come together for youth group. And, and that was great. It was wonderful. Uh, but as we grew and as culture kind of shifted, it took on a more like formalized approach. And, you know, there's something sitting down with you, Dr. Shaw, and talking it through. Uh, we decided to make the shift to a much more structured like worship service type feel like where where students are coming in and they're checking in and there's a plan in place david leads worship we have a band um there's game tables it's a much more formalized thing rather than just hey come hang out we're going to study the bible for a little bit right um and we've seen you know numbers grow and we've seen parents respond much more positively to this idea of like hey this is a service that my students are attending rather than just it's youth group that we're dropping them off for mm-hmm. Right, and, and and I would ask you, I mean, is there a marked difference between how you were doing before and after the crisis of last year? Definitely. Um, in in response to, um, you know, everything shut down with 2021, we started incorporating... 2020? Catal- uh, yeah, 2020, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready to skip ahead of it. Um, <laughs> we uh, we did drive-in Catalyst service for, for our students, and um, having them come in and be a part of that maintained that feel of like, hey, instead of this, we're just going to live stream services, um, right. which is, is fine. We were doing that before the, the shutdown, but having them still be there and having them still be a part of something. And we, we revamped how we did things. We made uh, outlines available digitally. We you know uh, interacted with them on the way in, spraying their cars with water guns and hitting them with pool noodles and <laughs> played games where they could honk their horns in response. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we definitely saw that increased engagement and saw a much more positive impact when we were able to come back in the doors as a result of it. Absolutely. Yeah, because I feel like you you took all those things that you were forced to, to do and all of the positives, all of the benefits, like the organization, the structure, you were kind of like, okay, we have to get organized. We have to structure this. Not that you weren't already doing that, mm-hmm. but I think that experience made it to where you can take those positive. You can take, wow, this really worked well here. We can implement it here. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's pivoting. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the children's ministry has had to make some pivotal um, changes as well with like tech and stuff like that. We've had to up our game um, because we had to keep up with what the world is um, showing them and make it still seem cool with lights and screens and triple wides. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause kids are so, so influenced today by everything that they're seeing online with media and YouTube and everything that's available to them now. Um, just like click away. Um, so we wanted to make sure that we're able to still engage them and, and keep their imagination captured mm-hmm. um, by using things like lights and all the cool tech elements. Um, so that's, that I would say is definitely an element of pivoting that we've had to experience as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can definitely see it in, our our children's ministry blaze kids uh, looks uh, i mean just the just the look of it it's unbelievable yeah. it's like set pieces and people in costume and there's like a scene going on behind them mm-hmm. lights and game i mean it's 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 amazing the way that our children's ministry looks and i think during and i know we keep kind of going back to like when we were shut down and outside but i think during that you guys did a great job with pivoting as well because not only did we have to like, okay, stop doing kids ministry. No, it was like, no, we're going to be on that trailer. We're going to sing. We're going to dance. We're going to do skits. We're going to make this fun for the kids who are coming. And you know, with the with the worship team as well, I mean, you got to think about all of the ways that you could pivot musically and creatively as a church and as an organization. Like for years, we've, and, and thousands and thousands of churches have just done other people's songs. You're mm-hmm. just doing songs that are really popular for worship because they move and touch you. But, you know, when that's no longer available or when that's just not going to do it because there's no one coming 
to your actual services. You yeah. write, you produce, you get creative. I mean, that's what we've been doing. We've been writing songs and we've been producing uh, Bible studies because if if we can, and, and we of course can, but a lot of churches out there are not getting their people coming back because they're shut down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for you to be getting your product out there, for you to be taking your stuff that you believe in, that you say you believe in, that you say you stand behind, for you to be getting it to your congregation, that's a pivotal move. It's not just expanding. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's It's a change in thinking. Yeah. And having the courage to say, what can what can we do different? Yeah. We know who we are. We're not going to compromise on these things. But what can we change? What can we do different? What can we do to capitalize, whether it's writing songs, whether mm-hmm. it's writing books, whether it's producing videos, whatever it is, engaging with your people on some level, what can we change in order to reach people where they are and to continue to pivot in response to the way the world's moving? Yeah, and I think a lot of what we saw was this is what we're being told to do. Yep. So this is, so we are done for now. We're going to pick up the pieces afterwards. And what we tried to do at Clearview and what, you know, I, I'm, I'm grateful to you, Dr. Shaw, for your leadership in this. Um, and all you guys sitting here in this room, because you, we, we all did this together and we decided that we were going to do it is we're not going to sit back and just wait to be told what to do. We're going to do it. Yep. And we didn't, you know, we didn't do it in defiance. We didn't do it in uh, stubbornness. We pivoted. We found ways to get our product out there. We found ways to meet people where they were. And that's part of being a leader. And the reason we talk about leadership so much on this podcast is because that's what leaders do. They capture tomorrow. They don't just sit around and look at what's going on today and talk about it today. You've got to be thinking about tomorrow. What is this gonna gonna uh, bring, and how do we meet it where it is? How do we capture tomorrow? That's the whole focus of the show. Yeah. Well, today is tomorrow's yesterday, so if we're sitting here talking yeah. about today, we're already too, it's late. too late. You're right. It's Absolutely. Late. One one thing that I think is interesting um, is each of us, each of our positions within the church, has at one point been a pivotal shift in mm. a church. You know what I mean? Like when churches first were around there was no kids ministry because everyone sat together there was no you know there was no student ministry worship was a different there was no technology you know like every single thing has been a different type of pivot at one point or another Mm -hmm. um i just think that's cool yeah you know it's it's it really is all about the way you think Mm -hmm. you know pivoting is not so much about what you do and i think that's that's something that even i struggle with is that i'm always like all right let me go see what other churches are doing what can Mm -hmm. we do And, and i said that earlier you know it's not about shaking things up it's not about keeping it fresh. It's about how do I think as a person? Mm-hmm. You know, who am I? Who do I want to be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which there's a time for those shakeups. There's right. a time to, for you to keep things fresh, but right. pivoting what we're talking about is much deeper. Exactly. Well, guys, that is all the time we have for today's episode. I love this idea of pivoting in leadership, in, in church, in ministry. If you guys are listening, you have questions about what it means to pivot as a leader, what it would look like for your organization, send us an email to carpemanana at clearviewbc.org. We love hearing from you guys. Love knowing what you're taking away from the conversation. Make sure you tune in, same station, same time next week. And if you're not already, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next time on Carpet McAllen.